We started this uh, journey last week, experiencing Christmas firsthand, and uh, we want to look at another very familiar passage that we believe God wants us to learn from today. So will you open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to start our Bible reading today at verse 8, and we will continue through uh, verse 20. Will you please stand in honor of the Word of God? And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be terrified, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let's go to Bethlehem, see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, here it is, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The Christmas story, we've heard it over and over again. And today we want to look at it with new eyes and with a fresh perspective. Because what happened on that first Christmas day Never, ever happened before. It will never happen again. It is a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence. It's something that takes place. But we must never, ever forget or take for granted. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we thank you so much for the privilege of being together on this wonderful Advent Sunday. Lord, we've been singing about hope and we've been singing about the miraculous entrance of the Savior into the world and our hearts have been warmed and stirred. And So now I pray that as we open up the Word of God that our hearts again would be in tune with you, that you would open our ears and our hearts to a familiar story. Uh, let us never get tired of hearing it and let us grab on to some new truth today that will resonate in our hearts for years to come that the baby who entered the world changes every single thing. We love you. We rejoice in you. May we be good witnesses and sharers of the good news that Christ, a Savior, has been born. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. That first Christmas in Bethlehem was unlike any other. It is an event in time that will never occur again, nor can it ever be duplicated. It is part of the tapestry of human history that we must never, ever forget. It's much like what happened in France back in the late 17th century. The date was July 14th, the year 1789. Yvonne Lenore, who was a cobbler doing his cobbling, on an obscure street in Paris was just wrapping up his day's activities. 
He wrote in his diary these words. Nothing of importance happened today. Nothing of importance happened today. And little did he know that just a few blocks away, troops had stormed the Bastille. The soldiers had been killed. The prisoners had been released. The buildings had been set on fire. And what took place there would launch what historians would call the French Revolution, a revolution that changed the history of France forever. But in his mind, nothing of significance happened today. Nothing of significance happened today is the way the masses treat Christmas. The average person who has no connection with the living God, Christmas is just another holiday, just a day off with pay, just an opportunity to buy gifts we can't afford for things that we don't need. And we just spend and we spend and we eat and we eat and then we have to get into some exercise regimen after the year's over. Christmas is just it's not significant. It's a date on a calendar. It happens every year about this time. As soon as you see snow coming down, you know Christmas is not far behind. Nothing of importance happened today. It's the rush of Christmas. It's the stress of Christmas that oftentimes obscures the reason for this very important time of the year. And even with God's people, we can identify with that little girl who, after she was witnessing the uh, frenzied nerves of her mother and the <laughs> frustrated sounds from her father pray as she went to bed that night, and Lord, forgive us our Christmases as we forgive those who Christmas against us. We get so wrapped up in the stuff of Christmas, we lose the significance of this holy one-in-a-lifetime event that has changed the course of human history forever. It's B.C. and A.D., before Christ, after Christ. It all centers around this moment in time when God visited planet Earth. And on that first Christmas, it was quite different from the way we celebrate our Christmases. There were no flashing lights, no glittering Christmas trees, no jingle bells. No plump little men in gray flannel suits chuckling ho, ho, ho. No elf on the shelf, no silver-tongued salesmen, no bargain counters, no Christmas clubs, no layaway plans, and no one-day specials. None of that occurred on the very first Christmas. On that first Christmas, the night was still and calm. There was a breathless serenity and tranquility around that first Christmas. Something great, something majestic was just about to happen. The Virgin Mary, the one highly favored of God, is about to give birth to the Savior of the world. And we know the story so well. Most probably that's the biggest problem we as God's people face at this time of year. We've heard the story so often. We know it by heart. We know it so well. And can it be that the luster of Christmas has lost its glow in our hearts because we've become so familiar with it? We're a lot like the man who told the author Mark Twain, I wish I had never read Huckleberry Finn. With a scowl on his face, the author looked at this gentleman and asked, Why? 
He was taken a bet, taken back a bit, and yet totally delighted when the young man said, so that I can have the pleasure of reading it for the very first time. Now, if that's your experience with the Christmas story, then let's read it again. Let's study it again. Let's allow it to come alive in our hearts with freshness and awe. Now, I want you to come with me to Luke's exciting account of this timeless and most precious story. In Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7, we looked at this last week. We have the events preceding his birth, the decree, the census, the journey to Bethlehem, Christ's birth, the no vacancy sign, climaxing in the miracle of God taking on human flesh. And then in Luke 8, or Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20, we discover <clears throat> the great transformation which takes place when Christ is in Christmas. Now, I want you to do something for me this morning. I want you to project yourself back in time, and I want you to put on the sandals of these shepherds. These shepherds are out in the fields. They are preoccupied with the routine matters of life, taking care of sheep, making a living, hoping, hoping, that the night shift will pass quickly. They didn't have the foggiest idea that night that not too far from where they were, the long-awaited Messiah had been born. And it's very interesting as you study the text, and I hope you have your Bibles open to it, because in verse 8, we have a very significant statement. Notice. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. Put a circle around the word nearby. Some of our other translations miss this completely. The NIV gets it right. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Now, according to most Jewish historians, most sheep herding is done out in the wilderness. It's done away from towns and villages. But these sheep are nearby. And as such, these are the sheep that are destined to be sacrificed in the temple in Jerusalem on the Passover. And it is to these shepherds caring for these sheep that are about to be sacrificed in the temple that the first announcement comes that a baby, another lamb, the lamb of God is about to be born. In fact, he is born and he is destined to be sacrificed on the cross for the sins of the whole world. The manger is occupied by a baby who will change the world forever. And just as those shepherds were taking care of sheep that were to be sacrificed at the temple in Jerusalem, so the baby that comes and is announced to them is also destined to go to a cross and pay for the sins of humanity. The routine of their night watch is transformed into an unforgettable encounter with the living God who sends the world his perfect lamb, the baby in the manger. And as we look at these verses along with the great Bible expositor Clarence McCartney, we exclaim, shepherds with your staves and shaggy coats, move over. Wise men... With your gifts, your gold, your frankincense, and myrrh, move over, please. Wondrous star with your guiding light and radiance, move over and make room for me. I want another encounter with Christ firsthand. When we encounter the living Christ, the baby in a manger, it changes everything. First of all, when Christ is in Christmas, 
Fear is dispelled. You see this in verse 10. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. Have you ever been doing the routines of life and all of a sudden something startles you? Something happens that you never ever expected and all of a sudden you're made aware of something that you had no idea was about to happen? And shivers kind of go up your leg. And the hair stands up on your arms. You can't believe what has happened. You've been startled. You've been awakened out of your kind of a, the routine stupor of life. And this is exactly what happens to the shepherds. Everything is calm. There aren't any wolves to chase away. Everything is as it always has been. And boom, all of a sudden, an angel appears. And these seasoned herdsmen who had fought off wild beasts, who had experienced all kinds of challenges, they are literally shaking in their boots. They are terrified. They've never seen anything like this before. Nothing like this had ever happened before. They can't believe what they are seeing with their own two eyes. The angel appears to them and says to the shepherds, he sees the fear, and what does he say? He says, stop fearing, stop fearing. I haven't come to harm you. I haven't come to blindside you. I haven't come to get the best of you. I have great news of a great joy. I have an announcement to make. Christ the Savior has been born. It is great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The good news is not about a UPS delivery, it's not about a package, it's about a person. It's about the person, the baby in the manger. This is what all the excitement is about. Christmas is about the person of Jesus. It's about the fact that God looked at our planet and saw the mess that we were in. When mankind was at his worst, God sent the very best, the Lord Jesus. And it is great news of a great joy. Notice that is to be to all the people. Now I want you to notice how personal this message is to the shepherds. Verse 10. I bring you. Put a circle around. I bring you good news. Now remember the shepherds were, were, were kind of a... <laughs> That was kind of the, the bottom of the barrel. If you were a shepherd, you, you, you really, really, yeah, that was, that was not a highly prized position. But the angel says, this baby has been born for you. To these despised individuals. Notice. Verse 11, a Savior has been born to you. Verse 12, this will be a sign for you, 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 you. God in the eternal counsels of heaven decides to announce this very good news to a group of people that have been despised and, and looked down upon. Taking care of sheep. And if that's not enough, the shepherds receive a singing send-off. Notice in verse 12. <coughs> Excuse me. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger. Verse 13. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel 
praising God and saying. Not only are they startled by the angel, not only do they hear this incredible announcement that startles them, but now they are given a heavenly send-off to Bethlehem. Notice what the angels say. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward whom he is well pleased. Now, just picture this for a minute. In reality, this is an antiphonal choir. The whole landscape is lit up with angels singing. On one side, glory to God in the highest, on earth peace, goodwill toward all men. Glory to God, peace, glory, peace. There is a sense, the whole Sky is filled with these wondrous sounds of heaven. Can you imagine what that was like? The sounds of heaven ringing out this incredible news that Christ, a Savior, has been born. This is the kind of news you don't want to keep to yourself. (laughs) This is the kind of news that you need to be sharing with others. This is what Christianity is all about. They get a a singing send-off. And they're no longer fearful. They're no longer afraid. Instead, they say, hey, we've got to check this out. You see, when Christ is in Christmas, there is joy instead of fear. There is peace instead of unrest. There is good news instead of bad news. And there is hope instead of despair. Now, let's be honest this morning. If we didn't have Christ... If we didn't have the hope of eternal life, the hope of salvation, I believe most people are terrified at what's happening in our country. When we see what COVID has done in terms of dividing Americans, what COVID has done to the church, dividing God's people. When we take a look at what's happening in the world around us with all of the chaos and the unrest, when we hear about China's goal of world domination, When we see our country spiraling with a national debt that no one is ever able to recover from. When we see what's happening in our schools with our little children with all this gender talk. When we see all of this happening around us, if we didn't have Jesus, we'd be terrified. And most of the people around us the reason they're, they're so touchy and the reason they're so, you, know, you have to really watch what you say, it's because they are terrified at what's happening and they can't do anything about it. But you see, when Christ is in Christmas, fear is dispelled. When we know that Jesus has come to be our Savior, our Lord, and our Master, we don't have to be living in constant fear at what's happening around us. We have a hope. That's what we've been singing about. Are you excited about Jesus this morning? Oh, praise God. (laughs) We get all excited about football and basketball games, and then we sit in church like a... A bunch of lead on a log. What's the matter with us? We have hope. Fear is dispelled when Christ is in Christmas. 
Number two, not only is fear dispelled when Christ is in Christmas, but obedience is displayed. And you see this in verse 15. When the angels left them and gone unto heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. Now just put yourself in the shoes of these shepherds. They've never seen anything like this before. And you can imagine they're talking to each other and somebody says, hey, did you remember what the prophet Micah had said about the virgin conceiving? What, what about the prophecy in Isaiah about the virgin? What about all this? Maybe... Maybe, maybe just, can, can you imagine as they begin thinking back some of the things that they had been taught in their catechisms? And all of a sudden, they aren't interested in tending sheep anymore. They say, hey, boom, let's go straight to Bethlehem. They didn't say, well, uh, who's going to take care of the sheep? Nobody said, well, we can't do that. The sheep are here. We have to stay here. No. As soon as they hear the announcement, there is ready obedience. As soon as God makes it clear to them that the baby has been born, they obey and they go straight to Bethlehem. They hurry. They're in a rush. They can't get there fast enough. Because they have been the recipients of this incredible announcement that has shaken them out of their lethargy, out of their complacency. This is not a normal night any longer. This is the night when Christ the Savior has come to earth and they hurry off straight to Bethlehem. They didn't rationalize this as some kind of a hallucination. Or that they'd seen some kind of a spook or a ghost? No, no. They've seen the heavens lit up with angels. They've heard the choirs of heaven. They've heard the voices of the angels proclaiming glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to all men. They are so excited, they go straight to Bethlehem. No doubts. <clears throat> They didn't worry about the wolves. They didn't worry about the sheep. They just knew they had to get out of there quick. They simply obeyed. What if they had not responded this way? What if they had allowed the natural human tendency to take over and say, well, you know, Big deal. Sky lit up. A few angels flew by. No big deal. Let's just keep hanging out here tending the sheep. Nothing of significance has happened today. What if that had been their response? They would have missed everything that God had for them. This happens to many of us today. When God speaks to us, when He makes His will known to us, we, uh, nah, not God. Did you really mean that? <laughs> we, we argue with God. We, uh, I don't know if that's. You really want me to do that? Do you want me to leave my business? You want me to leave what I'm, I'm all about and go straight? And talk to somebody and get relationships healed? You want me to do that? See, see, God speaks to us just like he speaks to the shepherds. Now, he doesn't usually bring a choir of angels to us. But he speaks to us every day through this book. This book 
And whatever God speaks to us in this book, we need to obey it with the same kind of haste that the shepherds did when they left their fields and they went straight to Bethlehem. You see, there's something about obeying God immediately that shuts the enemy down. He doesn't have time to sow seeds of doubt in our lives. He doesn't have the opportunity to build a stronghold in our hearts. He is not permitted to cause us to argue our way out of doing what we know God wants us to do. There is something about obeying God immediately that's transformational. And these seasoned shepherds, fears dispelled and obedience is displayed. It's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. My friend, whatever God is asking you to do today, do it. Whatever God is nudging you toward, do it. Don't argue with Him. When He makes His will clear to you, just walk in it. Just take steps of faith. <laughs> These shepherds, I mean, goodness sakes, <laughs> they didn't have a lot going for them. But they had received a message from the living God. And my friends, when we hear God speak to us through this book, We need to respond, and we need to do so immediately. And then number three, this this gets even better. Notice, when Christ is in Christmas, not only is fear dispelled and obedience displayed, but witness is declared. Look at this. Verse 17, when they had seen him, They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. These humble shepherds, they didn't have many gifts. They just knew how to take care of sheep. But man, after this encounter with the angelic choir and with the angel and after seeing the baby themselves with their own eyes, they couldn't keep still. They had to tell everyone about the baby that changes everything. And that is the privilege that we have at this time of year to tell people about Jesus. Christ the Savior has been born. The long-awaited Messiah has come. He can change your life. He's changed my life. He can change your life. They tell their story. Every single one of us have a story. They're all different. Isn't it wonderful? And you know, God doesn't produce robots. He produces people that are broken, that face up to their need. And God meets us at all different stages in life. But the end result is always the same. There's transformation. You have a story. Every single one of us, we have a story. When you pass out this little card and say, hey, we'd love to have you come to East Bay. We'd like for you to hear the story of Christmas. That's all you have to say. It's not hard. You don't have to have a theological education to do this. It's just a matter of building some friendship with others. Let them know that you care. Do you realize most people have never, ever met a genuine born from above, Christ follower. They've never met them. Because most of us keep it to ourselves. 
We don't talk about it. We stay in the holy huddle. And we massage each other and we want to have everybody feel good about themselves. When we have the greatest news to share, Christ the Savior has been born. Let's get the word out. Let's use these little cards to get the word out. And the shepherds tell their story. Now, what was the response? Very interesting. Notice it says here that all who heard it were amazed. That word amazed literally means they, they marveled at it. Can it be? Is it actually true? These despised shepherds, they're telling us something we've never heard before. Can it actually be? Is this really true? They're just amazed. People today, when you start talking to them about Jesus, you talk to little kids. It's, it's amazing. Most children, most adults today don't have any kind of a Christian worldview. They never grew up in a church. Most of them have never heard the name Jesus. Most of the people we rub shoulders with, they've never heard the name Jesus, except for it to be taken in vain. They've heard that quite often. But they're just amazed. Oh, my. Did this really happen? Man, if it did, I've got to do something about it. If it did, I need to get in on the miracle myself. They were amazed. They wondered. Do the people that you interact with ever wonder about the wonder of Christmas? Oh my. You see, the average person cannot wrap their arms around the fact that when God began his work of changing humanity, he began it from a feeding trough, a manger. That's where he started his work. Most people say, you know, if God really wanted to change the world, he, he, he could have started it with a lot more pizzazz than a dirty old manger. But you see, that's how God works. He takes that which the world doesn't value and he infuses it with his life. And so many today miss the whole message because they have missed the reality that what took place in Bethlehem so many, many years ago is just as relevant today as it was back then. Christ the Savior has been born. Mary, notice in verse 18, on the other hand, she takes it all in. This one who was highly favored above all women, chosen to be the mother of Messiah. Can you put yourself in Mary's shoes? And she hears the testimony of the shepherds. She hears them talk about the fact that the angel appeared to them and then a multitude of heavenly hosts appeared to them announcing the birth of this baby. And Mary begins to put together the pieces. She remembers that moment when the angel appeared to her and said, Mary, you are highly favored of God. It all begins to make sense. She begins to connect the dots and she realizes she is part of God's sovereign plan in bringing the Savior of the world to mankind. She's aware of the overruling sovereignty of God in her life. And notice what she does. She ponders it. That word ponder means to meditate and reflect and to mull over and over again in her mind the truth 
that God is sovereign. And he chooses weak instruments to affect his purposes. You see, <clears throat> in reality, God doesn't need us. But he chooses to use flawed individuals. He uses a little maiden, probably about 16 years of age. Picks her out from the masses of young women and chooses her to be the mother of Jesus. It's amazing. It's amazing how God works. He takes that which is obscure and little and of seemingly no significance and infuses it with life. It's been said that it is the truth that we dwell upon that we live upon. And as Mary reflects on what these shepherds share, she rests in the reality that she is part of God's masterful plan in bringing redemption to the world. It's amazing. And we're still not done. Notice what else happens when Christ is in prison and when Christ is in Christmas. When Christ is in Christmas. Praise is demonstrated. Notice verse 20. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. This experience of the shepherds leaves a lasting impression on their minds, on their dispositions. And they go back to their work Changed individuals. They go back to the work glorifying and praising God for what they have seen and heard. <laughs> this, is, this is not how the masses return to work after Christmas. Oh my. There's gloom, despair. Why did we do that? But these shepherds, these shepherds, they have seen the miracle of Christmas and they go back to their routines, not to be routine any longer, but they are glorifying and praising God. Praise takes over them. And my friend, if praise has gone out of our lives today, you need to take a look at the shepherds. Christmas is a time when we as the people of God should be praising Him more than at any other time. Praise is contagious. Don't you love it when people are praising God? Isn't it great to praise God? It's wonderful. And they leave this lasting legacy. They are never again the same because they have encountered the living Lord. Now let's wrap this up. How can we live this out? I believe that a Christ-centered Christmas is not likely to come automatically. All too many of us, we kind of get into a groove. This is how we celebrated last year. This is how we're going to celebrate this year. There's, there's nothing new. There's nothing fresh. I want to challenge you. Get out of your Christmas ruts. Look at that first Christmas. Come and examine the baby like the shepherds did. It will change your life. Number two, Christmas will only become a reality and we intentionally make room in our hearts for Jesus. It's the evening of the day after Christmas. And the night watchman in one of the large department stores is going floor by floor to 
make sure everything is secure and locked down. On every floor he sees a mass of boxes and papers all scrumbled up because people have rutted through everything and everything is a veritable mess. He goes floor by floor by floor by floor. He gets to the top floor. And he makes a discovery he had not anticipated. He found a body. Underneath all the tinsel, underneath all the wrapping, underneath all the stuff that was there. Didn't know who it was. But when the medical examiner examined the body, they found nail prints in his hands. My friends, let's not let this season pass by without making room in our hearts for the baby that was born so he could be reborn in your heart. If you've never invited Jesus into your heart, today is an opportunity for you to do so. Today is a day for you to just stop the routine you're in and give yourself to Jesus. He came for you. He loves you. He cares for you. He's preparing a place called heaven for you. All we have to do is to receive the gift. The gift to wonderful for words and when we put our personal faith and trust in Jesus Christ Christmas will never ever be routine or the same again the most important letters in Christmas are the first six C H R I S T Will you put your confidence and your faith in the baby who changed the world? Let's stand together, shall we please, for closing prayer. <clears throat> I want you all to bow your heads, no looking around. Christmas is all about Jesus. It's not about the packages. Oh, that's fun. Uh, we'll have packages under our tree. But the most important aspect of Christmas is a personal relationship with the baby who grew up and died on the cross and then was resurrected to give you eternal life. And if you've never made that kind of a commitment today, I would encourage you right now just to bow your head and quietly and in your own heart of hearts pray a very simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I need you. I confess I've lived my life on my terms. but you've interrupted my routine today and I want to give my life to you. Save me. Can I confess my sin to you? Please forgive me. I want to be part of your family. Please, Lord, come into my life. Just praying a simple prayer. If you've never done that, now is your opportunity. It's going to take a few moments. Take some time. And listen to the voice of God. Listen to his voice. Let him speak to you. Let him draw you to that place where you say, Jesus, I'm yours.
Let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you so much. Thank you for taking the initiative toward us. When we had no ability to reach out to you, you reached out to us and you gave us the most precious gift we could ever receive, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, for anyone here today that has not made that commitment that right now they would say, Lord Jesus, I put my faith and my trust in you. Forgive me for my sin. I want to surrender my life to you. And you promise that when we come to you just as we are, you'll accept us. And we can become part of your forever family. Thank you, Lord, for your presence this morning. Thank you for the story of the shepherds. And may we, as your people, like them, go out and share our story that Christ, a Savior, has been born. And that praise will permeate our conversations that praise will envelop our lives and that we will enter a new year with praise and thanksgiving and glory and honor to the king who loved us and gave himself for us and now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and that sweet, sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you now and evermore we pray. Amen. Good morning. Maranatha, Merry Christmas. Have a great day in Jesus. God bless you.